What's up, humans? And welcome back to the Human Music Podcast. This is episode 51, Alexandra's Virtual Reality Festival Life. Alexandra is a producer, DJ, and coach based out of New York City. She's been released on Ill Gates' Producer Dojo label and topped the Beatport charts with her EP, Out the Shadows. She regularly DJs in virtual reality as well as in real life when it's not a pandemic. Today, you'll learn about her DJ preferences, what it's like DJing and attending festivals in VR, whether opera singing would work on bass music, creating and following inspiration and happy accidents, and her songwriting and releasing process. Please support our sponsors. All their links are below. First off, Dojo TV, where we recorded this episode live. It's free producer live stream classes from the Producer Dojo Senseis. Come on in, get in the chat, and join in the fun. Then Dojo Max membership. You get monthly private lessons, unlimited track feedback, and the weekly download archive. It is the best value the Producer Dojo has to offer. Next, guest practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's high-key, the best engineer we know, and with guest practices, your first class is free. Come see what the hype's about. See why we highly endorse Seth Drake. And finally, Gangaroo Records Music Distribution, where you can get unlimited uploads for under $10. And that includes things like Shazam and YouTube Content ID that some of their competitors make you pay extra for. All right, humans, make sure you support those links down below. All things we use and highly recommend. And here is the episode without any further ado. Enjoy, Alexandra. Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus. And you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. All right, what's up, Dojo TV? We're back again and again and again. You're going to get us a few weeks in a row here, but really excited to be here with you and especially, especially excited because we've got a Dojo legend in the house, the one, the only, Alexandra. Give it up. (laughs) Drop some rave horns in the chat. Son, where'd you find her? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Off, off air. Evan was telling us a little, a little story of, of, uh, of a different version of that he heard. <laughs> I don't know how, but every show in Vancouver we went to, which was like four shows when I was living up in Seattle, one, one of the DJs during the night would play the exact same sample, except it didn't go. Damn son, where'd you find this? It goes, damn son, this MDMA is fire. And you just lose it every so time. S- like- since we talked about this pre-show, uh, I have Googled it. And there's a tweet from 2012 by Lil Internet, uh, which says, people, all caps, people using my personal damn son, this MDMA fire drop in their, in their own sets. What's new, Doe? I made a song called Stop Copying Me in 2007 for a reason. Right. <laughs> nice. So, little internet claims authorship over Damn, Damn Son, this MDMA is fire. 
I'm gonna go cop that and fucking blast it, dude. Are you Fast as Google in the East. That's what's of up. Of course, he's awesome. like, stop copying me, and we're all like, oh, I gotta get that right away. <laughs> yeah, apparently McLovin was the original voice actor for that. No that sound oh. clip. Yeah, that is crazy. How did it go from Squeaky McGee to Deep Voice Johnson out here? Man, that's a good question. You finally hit puberty. What happened? People are good at voice acting, you know. <laughs> That's true. That's Dude, true. You, you know, Mark Hamill is like the voice of like everything. I mean, shouts out to him for it too, because you know, he's not in that many non-voice acting things. You know, you look at Word. him, you're like, oh, but he's Luke Skywalker. Dude, that's part of why. I mean, I assume he's like amazing at voice acting too, but I, that has to be part of it. Like, okay, well, nobody's ever going to see me as anything but Luke Skywalker, so I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah. I've always thought voice acting would be a dope gig. Like, show up. You don't got to get in makeup. You don't gotta, You just hang out in the studio, you know, just lay down your lines, collect a big check and go home, and nobody bothers you on the street. Yeah, you you would be perfect. You, you we've always said you have the radio voice on this show. You would be perfect for that. Plus, you got like voice actors normally do like funny characters and stuff. But you you got that in the bag, dog. All right, fuck Yo, music. You guys heard it here. It looks now like the, the human voice acting podcast. Who's yeah, that, Tesco? Uh, I I just have to uh, come clean on the fact check here and say that it is not McLovin, and I apologize for spreading uh, fake news. It was oh, a, it was a meme that it was McLovin. Seems to be uh, different Worth producer it, here. Yeah, I'm glad you that said the wrong amazing, thing. Though. It was way more fun. There is Let's a video roll with the lie in the studio where it's just overdubs. Damn son, <laughs> I I fully support this. Um, yes. Now, the actual reason we're here to talk to Lexi. Oh, hi. What's up? Yo, so generally, we like to start off by letting you tell us your superhero origin story. How'd you get oh, into gosh. music and get here? Super freeform, however, you feel like answering that question. And then we'll just riff from there until we run out of juice or time. Probably cool, time. Yeah. Probably time. Well, there was this uh, 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 giant explosion on my home planet. And then they sent me, you know, to uh, not Kansas, as you might expect, but they sent me to. No, I um, mean, good for you. Good for you. Like, if you're going to be in like Texas or Kansas, rock. no hate to Kansas. I've never been there. Uh, yeah. Um, there's so many ways to tell this story. So it's, you know, and like whenever I think about my influence, I'm not that I'll think of any of them necessarily right now, but whenever I think of my influences, there's always, I always, you know, often I'm like, oh, if it wasn't for that, like one thing, maybe I wouldn't have gone down this path, but there's actually like so many times, you know, that I could say that. Um, however, uh, I started out as a singer. I guess it's a good place to start. I started out as a singer. Um, that's what I went to school for. Mm. And uh, and grad school for a year until I quit because college is a scam. Hey, <laughs> you went to yeah, go to, to like, producer dojo money. instead, folks. Right. Yeah. I think it. I think it took me way too. I mean, is is are there reasons to go to college? Obviously, and like I'm like nerdy about learning stuff in general. So like it's not like it was bad, bad. But you know, I you know I think I think I think the system is stacked against people and especially kids i mean and especially when i went i went before there was like more i don't know i don't know why i'm starting with like my bitterness about college but i went before hey, go for it. Why not? People i went late. before i went before 
I'm <clears throat> years old and I went before people really knew uh, the dangers of loans and stuff, you know, and I was very proactive about like, this seems shady. And like, I really asked a lot of people and people are like, no, this is how you invest in your future. And yeah. so by the time my second year of grad school came along for singing, I was like, you know what? I don't think this is worth it anymore. <laughs> Cause like, I could like start counting, like, because the end was near, like, you know, I, I've, a lot of people when they're young, you know, they, not everyone, but there are certain people when they're young, they're like, oh, if I just follow the steps, I'll get there. I guess it's a good thing to talk about regarding the dojo too. Cause you know, there's like no one path and, you know, and it's not like you can just like, um, follow a formula and get famous, you know? And, and, uh, but a lot of people think that, and I was sort of one of them, not, not specifically about like getting known, but like, I thought, Oh, if I just like do the things that they tell me to do, I'll, I'll uh, and I'm, a, I'm ashamed to say that too. Cause I think of myself as like a free thinker and stuff, but still I was like, Oh, well, clearly if I just work really hard on this, like predetermined concept. Uh, and then my yeah. solution though, that was like at the time, like our parents' generation had still received great value from that college education and so right. like, that route actually was touted right. as like figure out what you want to do go to college study that thing that you want to do and then you're set great yeah life and great. i'm like and i'm like super interested in stuff too so there was like a, a incentive to buy into that you yeah because like i want to learn stuff you yeah. know uh i specifically i I guess scammed is kind of kind of an aggressive word. I earned my way into a nice school where I uh, uh, got in for music, but it's also like a rigorous academic place. But I, like I specifically, among other reasons, specifically went there for music because I also wanted to like sneak my way into getting uh, just any other degree because I just wanted to like learn as much stuff as possible because I'm a weirdo, and um, and uh, and I did. Um, but you know, so it took me all the way until my first year of grad school going to my second where I was like seeing the end of that tunnel and I was like, maybe, maybe there's a flaw in this plan when I started like counting how many years I would be paying how much money back and like I never like I didn't really grow up with like money so like it was I was I didn't have like the comfort of oh this will work out somehow, you know, like so not I mean not not that everyone does but you know, um, and so like I went once like the hard reality of like, oh, the math really, really, no matter what I was told, the math does not work out on this. Um, and so I quit and I kept trying to be a singer for a while. I, I had come up trying to be like a stage singer, but then like towards the end of college and grad school, I was focused on being an opera singer. And um, Dude, that's wow. so fucking cool. Oh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You know, it's a good time. And and uh uh, so I kept at it for, for a while. I kept like taking lessons and like working, like doing day job stuff that was like, I worked for a, uh, assistant, uh, for a opera agent, like an opera singer's agent for, for a few years. And I got real, real bitter. It's a whole other conversation, bitter about the business. And also I just needed a break, man. Like I had been doing that thing for so long without like enough recognition or support, um, and, and I was like, so disillusioned by the people behind the scenes. So I was like, I'm taking a break. I'm not losing like <laughs> my entire like future income to this. And, uh, and actually, I don't know why, why this came to mind too, but when I was an undergrad, when I was leaving undergrad, my, my, um, and like, like I said, I'm not like a baller, what he was yet, yet. 
um, how my uh, my voice teacher in undergrad was like, you have a million dollar voice. And like little old me, I was like, what? And he's like, you have a voice that will make you a million dollars. So like, you know, we're going to keep working on this. And I, like over the course of your lifetime. And then I, I went home and I was like, a million dollars over my entire lifetime doesn't actually sound like that very like that much. <laughs> and that was sort of the, the crack. I was like, if if somebody thinks I only have a million dollar voice, then this is not a good situation. That's only and, for twenty years. Cool. You know fuck? what I mean? Like that'll barely pay off my loans. So no, 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 it's not that bad. And uh, so that's where the magic started, actually, because I was like, I never really, I'd been so ambitious and so like, you know, like pointedly focused that I never let myself just sort of like be random and like just like float I, I mean I never really had the luxury of it even even in this period I didn't really like functionally have the 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 uh, flexibility to until um I uh got laid off from working as an opera agent's assistant I have a metropolitan opera card with my face on it like backstage card and and uh uh, uh, we had a, he, um, he contested unemployment and I went to, um, like we, we had to have like a hearing, you know, and I showed up there and he showed up by chance right before me and had this huge shit eating grin on his face. And he was like, he like knew he had me and, uh, why he thought he had me is he had pages from my live journal and, and, uh, uh, we got in there and the judge was like, this is bullshit. This proves nothing. Like the, the, he was trying to prove that I le left on my own and, he, and the judge, she was like, nah, nah, brah. <laughs> and so I got him unemployment and he was not smiling anymore. And I have a whole, the guy really, God, I don't like to talk, like demonize anyone, but that guy really, really sucks. And, and, uh, uh, it's a whole story. I be, maybe we'll get into it, but it's not, I don't, I don't think that's time for that. And, and, uh, so I had unemployment uh it's the only time except for for right now that i've had unemployment um and i uh had fallen in with friends who were record collectors or i had fallen in with a random group of friends over my time after school and you know post school while i was floating i was in new york city i went to undergrad in chicago i went to grad, grad school here in new york city and i was like floating meeting non-classical music friends and like actually like getting to know myself you know um through that uh and some of them were djs and i was like cool yeah why not and so i spent my unemployment money which was pretty meager at the time it was the max at the time but it still was you know not very much and and uh, uh but i had cheap rent in a cool ugh, that's a whole other story <laughs> and so oh, those are all interesting stories so i hate to gloss over them but um, I uh, spent my days and nights buying records, running around New York City in all of our awesome record shops that many of which don't exist anymore, uh, buying dollar records and like indulging. Like I always sort of knew to stay away from collecting music because once I once I broke that seal, it would just be like I knew that there was like I I I I am such a like I'm so ambitious and such like a completist that I like if I ever started to, to care about who made what record or or you know the, the lineage of music like that I would just never stop and I haven't unfortunately <laughs> and so bought records and, and started like playing nights um I had been like singing karaoke 
and it's, uh, it's a whole other thing because uh, I ended up hosting karaoke nights until the pandemic started, like straight through like every Sunday for for 15 years. That sounds and, like a blast. Um, it is. It is. I, I, I used to be like a little uh, apprehensive about saying that in like, you know, cool guys. Uh, environments like this but like i don't give a shit anymore not that cool. so it's so awesome I love, it's, I love it's like the, the, the power of what it does for people it's it's so it's so life-affirming it's so interesting uh, and i could write a book um so I but like that. one of one of the bars where where i went to karaoke there was a dj after karaoke. it was wednesday nights and there was a dj who started after karaoke at like 1 a.m and that person like f- stopped doing it and i was like hey can i do it and they're like yeah whatever <laughs> and for like a bunch of weeks or for months really i was playing all vinyl at 1 a.m to 4 a.m on a wednesday night <laughs> such a new york thing to say right there like, it was banging actually it was kind of awesome <laughs> in seattle if what you're doing in the bar stops at 1 a.m the bar's last call is 1:30, anyways which really yeah, means 1 15 which yeah. really means 110. so the lights are on at one go home <laughs> uh it was a really good it was a really it was a really it was a really cool scene it was a really good experience too and it just it i mean super long story super extra short it just like blossomed from there like it just like became like um it was really it was really exciting for me to get to um explore music without the pressure of what i'd been doing and explore music in a way that was more just about like wonder and exploration and and fun and um i got really good responses as a dj it like turned out i had like a like a a talent for it i mean i think i'm good at producing i think i I really like myself as a producer um i don't want to i don't thank you i don't want to say like i'm good or bad or anything like i don't i don't really like those value judgments anyway but like i like myself as a producer and i enjoy doing it um and I don't want to limit myself, but I don't think I had the like beginner's raw natural talent at producing that I did as a DJ. Like, you know, the the kind of like not to like brag, I guess. And like, it's not like I knew everything from the beginning. I had a lot to learn, but um, the kind of like uh, the kind of like beginners, like I don't even want to say luck, but just like intuition and skill for something that I think we all wish we had in most things. And I'm sure all of us wish we had in producing. Um, uh, I I feel like I did I was lucky enough to have that as a DJ and so I was like sort of just like shot out the gate I wasn't like making bank or anything but I was like kicking butt so yeah amazing well I mean I mean that's part one that's 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 the that's the uh, Iron Man one of the of the MCU of my <laughs> origin story so yeah okay, so <laughs> there there are a few things to unpack in there a <laughs> Uh, I think your skill as a DJ is also attributed to your instant diving into the, the crate digging. Uh, a lot of the power of, of a great DJ is the intuition for the moment and sensing yeah. what the crowd wants. Mm-hmm. And then also having the depth of knowledge of like, what is the perfect record for right now? And then having yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, and And knowing your records, I mean... It was, there's a lot of great reasons to do digital over, over records. Uh, and one of them was like, like to get to a point where you can only bring so many records to it, to a show and you know, the perfect record, but it's not one you have in your bag. Like that, that is a, a kind that of hurts. heartbreak that I can't cope <laughs> with. <laughs> That's like when you accidentally bounce your, your song at 24 bit 
and the CDJ can't read it and it's your brand new track you're going to close your set with and you're like (laughs) are we over that do they do 24 bit now i hope so oh my god Uh. it seems ridiculous to not have them in this great year of our lord 2021 already (laughs) like word like (laughs) the year of our trap lord Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 for sure. I actually um, am very, like, comfortable on CDJs, but I actually never got, on, like, from back in the day, but I actually never did the the system, the, you know, record box stuff. I uh, I, I just stuck with Serato the whole time because I just came up with records, then I did. Um, I Like, my first gigs um, passed beyond, like, in my early days, but I would play vinyl, and then I would bring a burned CD um full of, like a data cd to my friend's laptop who had serato with the time code records and put the the data cd in his disk drive and then play like that like as you would with a usb stick but like it was all serato created just on a burn cd boom and i would like make a new one every time i went and played with my friends <laughs> but i um but i never did that i never did it with record box because i just stuck with serato for like a lot of reasons and and there are a lot of things about record box that i would love to like i would love to use it someday but i'm like waiting for them to get past some stuff that they haven't put in it yet what what kind of stuff i'd love to know you know somebody um, mostly, both mostly, a little bit yeah it's mostly about uh my track organization so it's like about tech search uh, like things that I'm sure I could do with Rekordbox, uh, the 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 laptop software, but not just with the CDJs. Yeah, you know? and like different sorting in different ways, and like more f- like fluid. I mean, because now we're about to get into, because uh, <laughs> like not to skip over any of the like backstory stuff. Um, we're about to get into like track organization uh, concepts, and uh, most people are astonished to know that I have one playlist. I have no, there's no folders, crates, anything. There's one list. Uh, which is meticulously tagged and therefore i can like freely combine tags as per my mood and it's all about seeing as many most appropriate songs as quickly as possible so that i can pick the actual best one that's what's up you know that that's one of the cool things about having so many types of good technology mm-hmm. and you know so many ways to use it is that you get to you get to pick why you want to stick with something and you know nothing wrong with one over the other i i ended up switching you know pretty early over to record box simply because like i had a couple of shows that i was supposed to play on cdjs and i was like oh shit now i have to like download record box and like move my entire set over there mm-hmm. and redo all of my tech and then once i started doing that i was like it's basically the same software and if i'm right, playing on cdjs right. i might really as well address, like every just do everything in here and so i just moved <laughs> all tempted. of the parts of the library i cared about over and yeah, I've been tempted. I've been tempted to do that as an intermediate step. And also, um, I've gotten into VR since the fall. And there's software uh, called Tribe XR where you have the headset on, and in front of you are virtual Pioneer gear decks. And it uses it uses Recordbox. So if I had all my stuff Recordbox out, I could just like throw on my headset and play play a set like at any time. So. Weren't yeah. we talking about exactly that with Nard about yeah, like whether or not there were virtual decks yet? It exists. And how it, it should totally exists. exist already. All right. Good. It's very. It's it's quite. It's quite uh, robust. It's quite sophisticated. That's really cool. Can yeah. you tell us a, a little Tribe about XR. what that experience yeah, is like? Yeah. And you can peep them. Like they have a very active, small but like very active community, and they're on Twitch and everything, and they have like a Beatport partnership and stuff. So they're like they're like getting out as much as they can. Um, 
it's dope it's dope it's like it's 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 a little awkward to like get used to grabbing the knobs and turning and stuff but once you do it's it's good times grabbing knobs that aren't actually in front of you yeah but it like if if anyone's ever like done a modern vr headset like it, you know it's pretty it's pretty it's it's pretty immersive so it's like you know it's more about like getting your hand to the knob is not the hard part it's like making sure that it's connecting with it and turning in the right directions and stuff yeah okay okay so i have i have multiple things i want to return to but this vr right. thing is like too interesting to not continue to touch on so no problem what is so what is like what does that show look like like when you're playing and there's like the decks in front of you do you uh -huh. see like a crowd of people or like what does the crowd of people that are listening to that set see right like, well, it's complicated. It's a, there's a lot of good answers to that question. So there's two main DJ apps. And today is the very last day of one of them before it gets closed down, which is super sad. And part of why it's closing down is because um, the um, Google is shutting down Google Poly, which is where like a, a lot of people store their like 3D creations for no reason, just because they don't think it's going to make them a ton of money or whatever, like the do no evil or whatever Google days are long gone. And, and uh, they the wave, it's called wave and they source their models from there. And it that is like a very, very cool tripped out immersive experience, where um, like, not only is it a DJ set, but it's like this very intense curated, like visual experience. And it's fucking cool and that's basically what i'm doing after this so i'm gonna go to like the last shows on wave tonight before it gets shut down tomorrow and i was promised myself i would make one uh before it was done and i ran out of time but it's all good yeah i'm like still mad about it but it's been a it's been a it's been it's been a month like i have to just like accept life is weird sometimes and and uh, there the community's moving on to to basically like do something and to replace it and i'll try to be involved with that long story so but that's super trippy the the experience is you're in it's like standing in like a vj set basically with like psychedelic psychedelic animals like djing at you and it's 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 really super 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 trippy and i encourage you all i don't know if you can like check out some clips um Cause they do basically like they're, they're a really tight knit family and they have all like basically cover like all kinds of stuff. I saw like one of my first shows I saw on wave was a metal show. It was like a metal DJ show. It was a holiday metal DJ show and it was so awesome. It was so awesome. And they had all these like, de like devil horns and symbols like flying at you. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. Flying at you. Yeah, I know. It's, really, it's really intense. Oh my god! Uh, and actually, like, please tell me made, there was a mosh pit. There, there was. Um, I mean, there were people. The thing is, is people get. Um, it's really a shame this thing is ending because, um, you get basically like drugs in the game, like you get yeah. like experiences, and you can't you can't use them by yourself. You have to use them with someone else. And so you link up with someone or a group and you like start the experience and then all of a sudden like everything like melts in front of you. It's really fun. They're really and, addressed like every aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a shame it's ending. And uh okay, so that's wave. And then Tribex SARS is more, you know, way more traditional. And it's um you can stream uh basically you look like you're in front of decks in front of just like in a like a empty room and then you can put visuals behind yourself and you can put a camera in the thing that shoots at you that you can stream to twitch with 
And so that's mostly how it's done. And you can switch your view between, they can see what you're seeing, then also look at you. You can switch that freely. Um, the most complicated version of that that I've seen um, done by uh, this DJ uh, from the Bay, Illuminati and her crew, um, pioneered by them. And then, and then, and then um, other people are doing it now. Um, it's really quite dope. So they're beaming what I've just described to you into a social, social VR is like what I spend my time doing or when I, I'm kind of taking a little mini break, but um, uh, it's like you're in a space with people. It's not like you're like playing a game by yourself or like whatever. It's like you're in a space talking with people and exploring together. And, and there's communities, each one's got their own community, whatever. And so she's beaming that, what I described to you into one social VR platform now she's built her own club. And so you're in her club, seeing her in this other app, DJ, and then seeing her view from that. And then she's got camera people, she's got like avatars in that VR platform, uh, like being cameramen, like their view is being beamed to the, to the VJ who's like do, switching on the screen to the view of the camera of the environment you're in, and then switching to her and switching to her view. And then there's a whole different, like not even connected, social vr platform with the same club in it and people are dancing over there so you're seeing the camera people in that one shoot the people dancing in the other whole other thing and then it just keeps switching back and forth and then illuminati herself she's doing this all in the same headset so she'll switch her view to her avatar in the actual world so then she's not just like in this like other place on a twitch screen she's at then actually she'll like pick up you know, a rocket and shoot it at the crowd and like whatever and like and like be interacting and then go back to DJing with the same headset on. It's like so, so above and beyond. Oh my God. We've had uh, so okay, so we, we've had maybe two or three people on this podcast that have known anything about VR. And I always ask these same questions because I'm so fucking fascinated by this. It's the obvious like way it's for really awesome for immersive shows when you don't want to actually be there or you can't mm -hmm. actually be there like especially really awesome. in pandemic times right it brings mm -hmm. the discussion to the forefront but it has always made sense to me that there would be some form of when vr became a thing it always made sense to me there would be some form of this art that would be like that but I've never heard anyone describe anything in re even remotely close and what you just described is like the ultimate version of what I've always thought this should be. It's super dope. And that gives me so much hope for the fact that this is going to be a real thing. Okay, so that that collective that does that ridiculous show, that's not ending, right? No, no. They're going to keep going until infinity. Because she basically made her career on, on the VR DJing. She learned to DJ on those virtual pioneer decks like two years before she ever did a live show and just like seamlessly played the live show no problem wild yeah bunny bunny in the chat said you can do both too. have live aspects and vr aspects can sell 10 times as many tickets I've, that is exactly what the ultimate like if if you are a a, a a festival say like we'll take shambla as as an example you mm -hmm. have all these great stages and an incredible venue but you can still only sell 20,000 tickets. Only 20,000 tickets. <laughs> yeah, right. totally, totally, totally. Right. But um, as like artists booking fees fluctuate or whatever, like you might make money some years, you might not, right? And if you could sell 
20x the tickets that you could sell hard copies, but those virtual copy tickets are, you know, a quarter of the price or whatever. And you have like a virtual setup that's integrated to each stage with like perfect sound and like cool VR integrations, like what you just talked about at each stage. And you can like walk to different stages and like hang out with your friends and like catch all these sets. Like that is... That yeah, is... but that's happening. It's ha it's not even like it's gonna happen. It's already happening. So the 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 two platforms that I mentioned in Illuminati set is Altspace, where I spend my time. And the second one is called Sansar. And in Sansar, they have this thing called Lost Horizon, which is uh, a music like a like a continual music festival. And I just streamed to my Twitch, my buddy playing at it um, uh, a few days ago or last Friday. Um, and it's it was awesome. It was totally awesome. And there's multiple stages, and you're just like, okay, hopping over to this stage now. Boop, 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 boop. Hopping over to this stage now. Boop, boop, boop. And it's super, super, exactly what you said. Super fun. So sick. The th like I got. I I don't know how. I haven't heard about any of this because it's well, here, here. Look, the people are watching. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I don't know how how the sound is going to translate, or if you're going to like see my passwords or whatever. But here we go. This is it because I already had it up because I was rewatching it. Here is like little clips of this. I think this is dengue, dengue, dengue. Right? Yeah. But like, I'm not, you know, that they're cool and all, but I wasn't really into it. So I like hopped around. This is my friend. That's my friend. I don't know if you're even hearing the audio. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. This dude, this dude is a video game. <laughs> I got into the, I got into the hopping. The hopping was like, I was feeling the hopping, but you get the point. <laughs> like, anyway, let me hop around. Yeah, it's the other stage again. You know, you get the point. All right, Mel, you get the point. There's a lot. It's pretty fun. There's more to show. This is just like a small clip of it. But um, it's pretty fun. I'm trying to see like if there's like any other parts of it I'd like to show you. Oh, yeah. If I if I landed on the right part, there's like the the like the opening area, like the lobby. But I'd have to like search around. I don't want to waste your time. So, um, here like here's here's the here's the lineup board. Um, they had art and stuff and you know it's like it's like our kind of freaks so it's got all kinds of like like yeah. lefty political art and shit and then like there's there's um here no I'm, here we are ah there you go so there's like lineup boards there's there they go it's like the lineup for all the different stages on the different nights it was so it's this thing called the, the actual event was called London Remix. So and there was like a lot of my like um uh like Latin UK homies on it and that's why I was there. But yeah. um you know, so it's a it's a good ass time. Dude, that is so sick. Okay, so for anyone watching in the future, you, you need to subscribe to our YouTube because you you actually if you're listening to this and you didn't just see that, you need 
to go rewatch what that experience is because it is so amazing. I okay, I have so many more questions. Dude, you got to see it. There was one guy. I'll, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna turn the volume down and search around while we talk because there was this one avatar that was like Perfect. cracking, cracking up. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, so so for anyone listening that has no idea where to even start with VR, can you walk us through like a what gear you would need to attend that event? Uh, like headset, like, you know, what kind of computer do you need? And also like what platform hosts that, that you would then need to access? Sure. Well, I mean, I, actually everything I've mentioned so far is free. Like some things at Lost Horizon are like ticketed and it's like usually big. Like if I found the clip where there's the, um, the posters of the other shows, it's like mostly like really well-known artists um so basically the only thing unless you're like already involved with vr oh here's 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 the here's the um like the like nexus point um when i get there in a second so basically unless you're already involved with vr and you're like ready to drop a bunch of money on fancy stuff um here i'm gonna share um ready to drop um, money on fancy stuff the only thing like the one stop that you should like make is um the, I mean, I, I hate to even like say brand names. I'm like allergic to, after like burning, you know, for years and years, like I'm allergic to say brand names, but um, the uh, uh, Oculus Quest 2 is like the only thing really you should think about if you're just like, I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I want to do this. And then, um, sorry, so this is the, this is the um, like Nexus, like this, this is the way to one of those stages is the way to another one of the stages. And it's like, there's some art over here and whatever. So you get the point. Um, I'm going to keep looking for that avatar though. Uh, so Oculus Quest 2, which sadly is owned by Facebook and like, you know, people, people aren't, aren't like trying to like feed into the Facebook system, but it's, it's the, it's the cheapest and best and, and like most accessible thing there's ever been. And like, it just came out in October. And then there's like way fancier, like, cause people who are get super serious about like music dance scene in VR, um, get like full body tracking they get like ankle sensors and shit so that they can like actually dance and people can respond to them and people who do like i honestly like i get it but i don't really care i don't need it to be realistic i just want to like run around see weird shit and dance but, yeah like, i feel you my avatar probably dances better than me without without right. all that but like some <laughs> some people are super into it and so like vr chat is sort of like the most popular vr platform which i haven't even mentioned and it has a very vibrant club scene and the people there, they're super serious about like paying money for a custom avatar and then like like money and then like having like elbow sensors and ankle sensors and shit so they can like actually dance and they're like, this is the only way. And I was like, can't do it. I can't do it without all this stuff. And I'm like, I respect that. That's not really what I'm into. But um, so to do a decent amount of VR stuff, you can just do the Oculus, the Quest 2 standalone for any for this what we're looking at right now and uh wave uh which is closing down today uh there are like more advanced vr things where you need to connect a headset to a pc uh and it's like a game gaming pc basically even a low-end one and uh, uh the quest 2 actually can do that even though like all basically ev ev almost every vr headset only works connected to a pc and the quest 2 is primarily designed to work by itself with no cables and can also connect to a PC. So that's basically it. It's a quest two is 300 bucks and it was great. So that's what it comes down to. And I'm going to find this avatar as we talk. 
It was like a dude with like puppets his hands. Still can't get over the dude who is a video game console. You know, I know it's amazing. It's amazing. But there's a dude. <laughs> this guy. This guy. See, uh-huh, this, dude, this is how like, real. Yeah. This is how realistic <laughs> it is because that guy got in my face over and over. It was driving me crazy. But there's a guy who has like where? Oh, is this it? No, no, no. There's a guy. He, he could just, just like, a pickle. No, no, he had like a, he had, oh yeah, there's a, there's a pickle in there. There's a guy with like a, like a jack-o'-lantern head. And then like, uh, there's a video game dude again. Um, there's a guy with like a, uh, 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 jack-o'-lantern head and then like puppets as his hands. And he's like going like, (laughs) it's really, really funny. It's all right. I don't need to find it, but it's cool. Yeah, this um, is this is amazing. Like I, I didn't really know exactly what to expect. Oh, this is like, this is, this is. This is yeah. uh, something that I wouldn't, I didn't have access to, but it was this is all the like light board stuff that like you could just like that whoever had access to it could do it while the show was happening, you know, and uh, and in here, here let me show you. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I have a stream of wave up. I don't, I don't, but whatever. Yeah, like I don't need to show you other people's shows. We're we're here to talk about me. <laughs> Hey, but thank you so much for like giving oh, us an intro to this world. Like, I'm like Evan so, said, we talked about it yeah. a couple of times, and it's definitely super intriguing. But it's something yeah, that I've, we're yeah, pretty feel, ignorant about overall. I feel really, I feel really similar to Evan. Like, I'm like so psyched that any of this even like sort of exists. See here, look, see somebody's on tribe right now. I don't know why there's one viewer because usually there's like a shit ton of viewers, but um, I must have like just started. Um, when we get after just whatever this is, airbender thing or whatever this is. What is this? I don't know. See, I don't want to like, I don't, I don't like, oh, this is Mortal Kombat. I guess it's kind of cool. So, so this is the tribe resident DJs. And this is what like looking at them within its own app looks like. And there's like, you can get like, so, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, I'm glad you didn't have to suffer through watching the Mortal Kombat commercial then. Um, So this is, this is, uh, uh, you know, you can, get, you can like skin your decks and stuff and then uh, and resize them as you want. And this guy like has his own visuals in the background or whatever. And he's doing his thing. Let's see what it sounds like. Do, do, do. Can't guarantee this is good music. Let's find out. Okay. So we know what's going on there. But um, sometimes it's real good. I mean, I'm sure if you're into that, it's good. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So let's, 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 let's try to politely segue from this conversation back uh-huh. to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is about me, too. I mean, I wasn't trying to like, I was just joking, because like, I, I really care about this a lot. And I do it. I mean, I, I spent I spent my whole fall uh, and winter DJing in VR like a bunch. And that's in like, like, really like, sustaining myself creatively and, and in terms of community. So like, I, yeah. it is, I mean, it is about me, too, for sure. No, 100. And I, I wasn't I wasn't saying that, like what you said was, yeah, you know, but you did segue perfectly. So like, when you're playing a set in VR, like, what what is different about that experience? Do you play different music because it's a certain crowd? No, it what? depends. It depends. I mean, like the thing is, as a DJ, uh, anyway, I do so many different things. That's why I'm a full time DJ. Like I play the raves in the woods, and I play weddings, and I play Soul Forty Fives. So, like everything that I do, uh, like everything, you know. So so I like even in non you know VR, I'm just like ready for any environment anyway. Like I'm like I'm not like all bass music all the time. I'm ready for anything. So, so um, yeah, I th- I think like probably most of what I did in the in there was like sort of like vaguely hip hoppy, twerky sort of bassy, but like really sort of like hip hop bass sets. Um, but I did drum and bass sets in there, and I did I did a bass set recently. You know, totally. Yeah. 
Sick. Okay, so uh, I need to logically revert back to two points that I couldn't forget to ask you. Sure. As, as someone who's a Serato pro, uh -huh. someone who myself has used Serato mainly just for shit around practice at, at mm -hmm. DJing, um, how do you get over the 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 key locked tempo changes? And the artifacts that Serato introduces when you get like five percent different on the tempo. Oh, you get the there's a plugin. There's a pitch and time plugin within Serato. This is, this is exactly what I'm talking. I knew you would have an no answer. kidding. Yeah, uh, it, it's um, it's uh, uh, I'm trying to see if I could just show you because it's like always that's it. It's just like a, there's a pitch and time add on for and you can go like plus a hundred and it's like sounds amazing. See, I was gonna say because that is the, that is the thing about playing on CDJs that I've always loved is that like the no matter how far you slam that pitch, it still works. I don't know. I think it smokes a CDJ um, in terms. Well, of I don't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't have the pitch and time mabobber, so I I don't I don't have a fair comparison here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a quick little note down. Pitch and time mabobber. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to ask you about. This we're going way back to the start of this conversation. You uh -huh. went to college for a to to become some form of singer, first a stage mm -hmm. singer, then opera. Where the hell is our opera trap? Where is our opera based music? Mm -hmm. Why do I not hear amazing, beautiful operatic singing over heavy bass? That that seems like it would be sick. How is that? Not Oh, and B. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't get rid of the D. You have to be like O and D and O and O O D B. Two and D. Oh, thanks, thanks. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, it's a complicated answer. Um, step one is I want to sing in a, like a more, uh, you know. Uh, uh, a club traditional way on tracks you know i'd like to, to just like sing on drum and bass just like regular or whatever um yeah i mean uh, how deep do we want to go with this conversation um part partly it's because i left it behind a long time ago uh and partly because it's like that's like virtuosic you know uh uh musicianship so like you have to be in practice and i haven't taken a lesson fuck in, that like, shit Fuck that years. Um, this is this is a cross section of music that only you could make. Like literally, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure there's somebody else, but broadly speaking, yeah, I understand. But um, but uh, it's also because like I don't I don't know. I definitely orchestral elements matter uh, to me a lot. I think like opera singing. I I just, I just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like super appeal to me like opera singing in a club track, um, using samples from operatic experience kinds of experiences are pretty fun um uh the like difficult answer is because i am transgender and like the that singing voice is something that's like not compatible with what like i'm not trying to shock people in that way and it's also like i've done a lot of voice training on myself since then uh so like and like i, I never tried to be like a woman's voice part opera singer. So there's like a lot of bridges to cross to try to do that. Um, hosting karaoke multiple times per week or at least once a week for like 
my most of my adult life, um, like I keep singing. So like I'm like aside aside from this past year where I've done almost no singing, which is super weird. Um, and it's also weird how not weird it is too. Like I don't sit around thinking about it all the time. Um, uh, uh, like I'm in practice like I like to sing and I'm happy to sing on my tracks, but like trying to do the opera thing. And especially as I did it before, um, is not like, uh, and there's just like a lot of like awkward gear shifts. It's like, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, uh, like Luke said, you know, trying to go into fourth gear when you're or going into fourth gear, when you're trying to go into second gear or whatever. So. No, and, and I get it. I, I just think that with your, with your obvious, your, your taste in music, your skill in production, and so much time spent training that ability. I think that even even your off the bench 80% combined with your skill in production, you could distort or or yeah, maybe you know, maybe shift or whatever whatever you felt like, but you have well, a I, talent there. Yeah, yeah I I I, I that would be sick. I maybe. I I honestly, I mean I think I would be happier singing in a like normal way in, in more like a whatever, I don't want to say pop style, but like in a, like a more like not operatic style on tracks anyway. Nevertheless, I think I, I would, I'd, I'd rather try to cross that. I don't know. I mean, these aren't excuses. I just, I would rather try to do that first and try like sing on, sing on anything in any manner first, and then maybe try to cross that bridge. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm into, I'm into collecting stuff like that. Um, there's a, uh, and like I made something recently that has, that has like, uh, I have Spitfire libraries. And so like, I used a lot of like, I like, like wrote or, you know, sort of orchestral parts in a song that I think was really successful. And um, there's this, um, uh, you know, Ema Sumac, it's like, sort of like a, a, a celebrity singer, uh, uh, you know, many decades ago who um, somebody did a, somebody did a flip uh let's see let's see uh is a celebrity singer like paris hilton is a celebrity dj sort of i mean she can actually sing but she wasn't like an opera singer in a it's like she sang it's sort of an operatic style but yeah, but, she... um, but uh it was more of like a like a concert person like a like a you know whatever <laughs> and let's see itunes can go into my loop back right and that's probably an appropriate volume so it's like i like i'm into collecting songs like this like i got this recently Yep. Okay, I can hear it again. Beat the drum down, not a sundown. When I come round, wait, 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 wait. What you want now? I'm the one now. I gotta run now. Wait, 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 wait. I'm the one now. Wait, wait, wait. You know, and there's more clips of her in it, but. came out on top ha 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 it's a bird it's on plane no it's me ha 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 flyer than the butterflies and the bees ha 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 and any diamonds wetter than a sea ha 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 anyway you get the point so you know so if it's a good vibe i'm not sure i'm like the person to do it but uh maybe you know so Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I fully, yeah. Like I fully think that I'm a good producer because I have, uh, uh, largely because I have a background in a lot of different things and because I have like a broad musical interest. Uh, me and my pal, uh, DJ Shaky, often say that like being interested in like all these different kinds of music is amazing. It's like it's not just amazing, but crucial cross training for uh for any for any of the other things so like you know being into soul music or being into whatever is like a, a amazing cross training for producing bass music and and i love to sing so like i'm not trying to abandon singing it's just they're like there's so much like there's so much even like so many years later there's so much like angst and stuff rolled up into that into into that like opera experience and like i don't know like not not quite like ptsd but like hurt you know and so yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm ready for that you know well, yeah you can know where i'm but just know just send it to me first okay when you, when you yeah make and I'll, I'll hype you up because i'm sure it's gonna be fucking good thanks so i'm curious <laughs> on that note where's uh where's inspiration kind of been pulling you lately or even like since um since you put the ep out on producer mojo oh, where it's, it's like how's your sound kind of changed from there and like what's what are you gravitating towards more nowadays sure sure i was like something on the tip of my brain i wanted to say the last thing but i can't, I can't remember anymore um uh, it's hard to say <laughs> um i i i mean it's easy to say but it's hard to say like uh mm -hmm. uh I have done some vocal sketches it's sort of like it's sort of it's been a it's been a hard thing hard hard thing for me to cross hard line for me to cross i'm gonna I'm, I'm working on it it's not like i've done nothing in that regard uh so like that, 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 that that's in there that counts as what's motivating me um i tend to so la last it's like 2020 you know i had high hopes for 2020 and one of the, one of the things was uh, uh i got uh a track on hospital records uh and like four Congrats. times lp is thanks it's pretty fat i should get it i should get it one second <laughs> flex <Oy. laughs> dude hospital records that's a that's a big label that's yeah that's uh, awesome that's some that's some uk fam big up <laughs> all right so there's this big fatty four times vinyl with oh, like all, cool. all the people who'd ever been on the on 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 med school, which was like a lot of dope people and me in there, and uh, high esteem to be held in. It, it's super dope, uh, and uh, they were gonna book me for one of their big like London shows. I mean, they did, and then of course 2020 happened, and like I uh, probably should, I don't know. There's some size and there's some things but maybe i shouldn't talk about but like i'm not i don't know i would keep my mouth shut but like um i'm you know i i wanted i wanted to capitalize on that experience as like you know really like felt like i hit the target and then and had opportunity and I'm not sure how that's going to pick up after afterwards but but I'll, i'm going to keep you know i'm going to keep taking those shots and uh, and yeah go ahead i was just going to say if you know if they if they come back around to having that show I think keeping your head up and just keep keeping your name in there. They obviously wanted to book you then. I'm sure that's no different now. I think uh, it's fucking tough, man. I've seen this happen to a lot of people who are on the precipice of making it. 
um, and and the pandemic hit and just really take the wind out of their sails and almost to the point where they just fucking quit. Um, and yeah. I think it's so hard not like not to get discouraged by that. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm not. Uh, there's nothing's gonna get me to quit. But like, I definitely Amen. like I sailed. I sailed with like a lot of enthusiasm into COVID. I was like, I'm just gonna like make a million songs, and then like yeah. as, soon as, as soon as you know, as I'm sure a lot of us did. And like as soon as COVID's over, I'm just gonna like drop all these songs. It's gonna be great. And like the psychology of of COVID eventually smacked me down in like July, and. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been kind of hard to get back on that horse. I've been making things. And since, you know, so I started teaching at the dojo last April and, and I already had private people and, you know, but like a really ramped up teaching. Uh, and and I've been taking the Seth Drake classes this whole the entire year, which is mm -hmm. right now while we're doing this podcast uh, and I'm skipping. And, and Seth um, Drake, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. And uh, uh, so like I, there's been a, like a ton of producing growth that I've done this year that wasn't specifically like actually like me making songs in Ableton, but I have been like, I haven't, it's just, it's just a weird, it's a weird difference. Like my normal MO is like all day, every day glued to Ableton. And, and, uh, uh, it's, it's weird spending like, you know, six plus months, like not, not fully glued to it. Um, I've had some personal life and family stuff that's like distracted me as well. And I moved and I, and VR, uh, in the fall, VR, you know, be, like rose up and I like not only uh, uh, learned all the DJing stuff, but I, I uh, actually taught myself from the ground up like uh, VR environment design, which cool. is basically was basically like video game design and um, and without the programming aspect, which is a big part of it, but uh, but the actual like environment design and the like art artistry and it was very technical too, but the artistry of Are you it, working it, on a stage for yourself? What, what, uh, what? I've actually made many stages for myself. Oh, and I made a bunch of worlds, including some really tri tripped out stuff that like uh, uh, I'm going to end up um, uh, speaking on at VR conferences because it's like some shit came out really cool. And, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Alexandra Fest 2022. Can I? Totally. Can I Ooh, well, so I, I ended up, I ended up, I ended up throwing, <laughs> I ended up throwing. Uh, uh, there's an annual uh, burner holiday party in DC that I uh, play and work with every year, and they came to me to do a virtual version. So I th threw a six room dance party uh, in Alt Space in December. Uh, built all the worlds. I mean, built most of the worlds myself and customized the ones I didn't build. And uh, from scratch, crazy concepts, each of them, and um, and organized the staff and threw a giant rager, and it took a, so much out of me that like I've sort of been like a <laughs> sort of been like a vegetable since then. But I've been working on stuff. Uh -huh. I've I've started and finished new songs from scratch since then. It's not like I haven't, and I've like I like you know the period up till COVID. Like I have a folder of hundreds and hundreds and like like three hundred plus easy, uh, if not a lot more beats that are some of them are just like rough loops and but some of them are like nearly fleshed out songs so like i have like even if i never get inspiration in a day one more day in my life which of course won't happen um i ha I could go but like i'd spend the rest of my career just fleshing those out let alone like my notepad of ideas and samples and stuff so yeah um, yo that's such an important thing i think for people to hear so i just want to highlight that like for folks so many folks talk about writer's block and getting worried but like if you've been producing for any amount of time You've got way more ideas that you didn't run through the right. end than, than you, you could did. ever do so in your entire yeah, and, and also, and also, what do yeah. I start on? 
right. open some random shit up and see what exactly. you like. Like last night, I, I grabbed uh, I had shoes, Dojo Homie, over, and I just opened up right before he showed up. Opened up an old folder of stuff we had worked on, and we had bounced out some loops. Where I was like, "Well, this beat sucks, but these two elements are decent," and you know, grabbed those two elements. And we built an entire song around them. There's like the spark of the intro and then built a whole track around. It's like, you don't need that divine inspiration. It's way better to have preparation and work ethic and process. Man, I, I, I miss that guy. I miss shoes. That, yeah, man. Um, oh, we'll have to go see him in Boise. Yes, we will. Uh, and go on another tour through the east side of the Pacific Northwest. Um, the well, east side that. of the Northwest. Well... That no, one... it totally makes perfect sense. I just yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we did a Montana tour. <laughs> yeah, um, that, was... that, out song, that song you two made that. Well, I only mentioned that because you played one song at that uh, big ass. I guess it was like a bar or whatever that we. Yeah, played. no, I know what you're talking about, and no, you I haven't touched that, that since then, and I don't know why because it's really good. This is exactly. See, this is actually on top. <laughs> Because what we just talked about is having a giant catalog of some fire, some not fire, some needs to be finished, some might never get finished, some should definitely get finished. That is one that I would hold in like, why the fuck is this not already released yet? Yeah, no, I feel you on that. Um, Yeah, um, I don't know. But I actually did think of it last night. Funny that you bring that up because I did think about last night as I was like finishing up the other track and bouncing it. I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of like that other vibe. And then there's like two tracks sitting next to each other in my mind. And then I was like, man, should we get a third one? That's an EP. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, Luke Rain and Shoes. I mean, the EP has got to be called Galoshes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hi, yes. I'm a nerd. What's up, guys? Welcome. Yeah, Welcome to the Human <laughs> Music Podcast. But yeah, follow. If, if anybody's ever having that kind of a, uh, you know, writer's block moment, just go dive into something that you never finished. You'll get re-inspired or you'll yeah. delete the session. Either way, it's a win. <laughs> For sure. Well, I definitely think that's a good way to go about it. I mean, I like not everyone has hundreds of beats in their wing and yet, or, or like a note. I mean, like my notepad of ideas is absurd. I mean, like I have paper notes coming out of my ears from years and years. And then I have like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ideas in my phone um both like in the notepad of like things i wanted to make and uh and uh things i've sung into my you know just like uh, yeah the voice notes collection the voice notes i mean so many things you know so like if i ever get down on myself about feeling uninspired or have like a long stretch of my life like at least i have the track record so it's like i'm not trying to you know i don't want to give the impression that it's like you know you're 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 a bad producer or a bad student if you don't already have this huge cache of stuff but like if keep at it you'll you'll you will and um you know and to speak in dojo terms that's what like timer beats timer beats are for and whatever just like slam a bunch of them and then like if you look back with a different perspective some of them might you mean might might want to finish when you didn't at first or whatever so yeah amen sorry i was just curious to ask about your writing process. I know that's a vague question. I know it starts differently every time, all mm-hmm. that. But um, one of the things, one of the first times I heard your name was obviously through Producer Dojo when your EP was coming out. And I just remember Dylan saying, 
how there was hardly any feedback and he was really blown away by oh, submission and all of that. I, I was and, I was always a little concerned that like that that <laughs> that like I don't know that 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 like I don't know. I'm really glad to hear let that. Just slide. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. This, maybe this like <laughs> let it slide or something. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that praise because literally no one else I've ever talked to. Yeah. yeah. So I was I, amazed because I went through months of feedback. Everybody you know else that i was like really close with was also like telling me their experience they went through months of feedback and so i was really amazed i was like man how did she like nail it in one go so i was i was curious about your writing process because um because of your extensive background as a musician i was wondering if you know maybe you you might have a different approach to writing tracks than most people in the dojo and maybe that that might be perspective true. shift might help um in, but like in terms of um, I, I'm, I'm, I, that's one thing where like, I'm generally pretty into my compositions or I think, I feel like I have a very good, uh, like, I feel like it's rare that I lose perspective on the compositions themselves. I think I am as susceptible as anyone, if not more so, uh, in terms of losing perspective on the mix downs. Um, but I, I generally either just like, I mean, of course, of course, you know, you can feel lukewarm about something that you've made and then someone else really likes it. That's a whole other thing. But like uh, in terms of like my writing process, I, I tend to just like I honestly there's I don't know if there's any songs that I've like taken past the sketch phase where like I don't like them. I generally like all my compositions, but then I can be like paranoid for years and years about the mix. Time. And yep. and um <laughs> I don't know. Let me just look at the songs themselves. So I, uh, I, um, let's see here. Out. Mixing is like a never ending rabbit hole too. Like no for matter sure, how sure. good you nail the mix today, three months from now, six months from now, you're going to be better than now. Totally. Totally. Like, Oh, I could have done a different, but eventually you just totally. got to push it out. Um, I think that there are, uh, ways to short circuit that um however you know by you know the majority of time you know i strongly agree and uh you know you can't you can't grow you know it's the whole thing you can't grow unless you make mistakes and there you know i teach i talk i teach you know i talk to my students about this all the time that like yes it is scary to think that the whole world is going to judge you by the first thing you put out which is by definition going to not be the best thing you ever do like that that is scary it's like impossible and the only way to get around that is there i mean the only way without like you know more reliable production knowledge which usually only comes with time anyway and time and, and you know learning and everything um you either you either uh make a ton of stuff behind the scenes and only put out some of it but I, I that still doesn't really work like you still have to put yourself out there and learn from that that tripping on those experiences or you know you just like terminate your 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 producer identity and start a new one you know which people do lots um, of greats have done that yeah uh, i've heard I, like specific stories about marshmallow and zoo that that they're like all right wipe the whole catalog new brand yeah oh, this one blew up okay cool glad i deleted the old shit Right. And there's reasons to do that. And there's, there's a few things. I mean, even Alexandra is a rebrand for me, but like this, so there's some like earlier things that are on, on Spotify or whatever that, that, um, that I'm proud of, but don't like, um, uh, speak to my brand, I guess. Um, 
but like i don't really like i've long struggled i mean everybody struggles with these these ideas but i've struggled with the idea of having a brand at all because you like you need to be digestible to people but like i am displeased with the prospect of a life of only making one style of music or making like even like any like a bunch of styles of music but in a narrow in a narrow focus like i can't i can't even like i just it, it like makes me tremendously anxious to even like envision a life like that so uh, I'm not trying, I mean, I try, I, you know, I did try this for a while too, but like, I'm not trying to like split my identity into different genres and like, I'm not trying to, uh, I don't know. It's just weird. Cause people in one scene think other stuff is alienating or think people in one scene think another th thing is not cool. Like people who are into like jungle think that, that uh funky breaks is dumb you know or whatever i mean that's not true i mean there's plenty of crossover there too but like there's like scenes that are too cool for school that think other things are like child's play and there's people who who just love their one thing and get really annoyed by things that aren't their one thing and and i respect that i totally i mean i i i respect that people feel strongly about the thing that they're into but like i can't i can't kill one of my children you know so so it's always been a weird thing to try to wrangle what my musical brand is because like i think i feel i feel like i've done a really great job of trying to develop a musical identity without getting you know without moving away from genres that i like um to me from from the outside it seems like you make stuff that's dancey and pushes the envelope thank and you and you don't that's have exactly to what I'm going for. <laughs> dope like because like you know i've, I've heard you at many different tempos, different styles, different textures, but the, you know, the brand part is you as a person with like your skills, your influences and your tools putting oh, out that's what things I was gonna, you like, right? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say before. I forgot what I was relating it to, but um, uh, New, New York, you know, like there's not really a base. I don't want to skip out of what we're talking about already too, but New York, uh shaped me you know coming up here like it it to come up in this music scene like it's 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 this i mean it's really like the home of djing it just is like i'm not like i'm not trying to like flex and like you know other cities are really fundamental to the to the development of dance music but like this this uh, whoever it doesn't even matter who the first dj was but like the culture of djing came into like its zeitgeist came into existence here uh, in my opinion, and, Amen. No, and there's so many like local, there's like local music here that that that, you know, it's not like unknown other places, but it's just like defines that whole experience to me. And that's like a lot of like classic club, like New York, like uh, club music, which I think you know, I'm thinking of like ESG or just like random like like punk funk. I really think of like as like very new yorky not exclusively new yorky but like there's there's like like there's so much and then of course you know hip-hop and all kinds of things and house music um uh so even if i'm not explicitly doing that in bass music yeah like i definitely think i am a more unique bass music producer because of those experiences um and yes thank you i am trying to both be accessible and push the envelope which is like i know it's like a lot of people want to want to hit, uh, you know, aspire to something like that, and it's of course it's, we could all assume it's a difficult target to hit, um, you know, because like like, I mean, I know the power of loops. I don't abandon the power of loops. I use loops. I mean, I use grooves. I think that's very 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 important. Um, 
and yet like you know there's like certain layers of complexity in my music um i'm trying to bring this back around to how i write so um i don't know i don't know oh let me let me let me use practical examples because yeah uh, so i feel you um ripcord was the first first one i think in the order on the on the, the dojo mm -hmm. ep and that was uh splice largely splice samples oh yeah the, from the, the splice cipher you got that opening spot every that nice. comes up on my soundcloud a lot nice, i'll bump nice, a bit nice, of it nice. it's like every time that song comes like oh the splice cypher what's up lexi thank you i think that uh i think that i mean most of these i wrote really quickly which is kind of you kind of i don't know it's not like i never, never write things quickly but it's, it's often i take a long time and i think part of the success of these is because i wrote them quickly and you know uh again that's sort of like um one of the lessons from timer beats right i'm not i mean i'm not I'm not saying that i learned that from timer beats necessarily but that's why one would do that is 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 moving quickly you're getting the habit of moving quickly and the habit of not being precious with stuff there there's a question in the chat that directly rates relates to this from bunny uh -huh. says any tips or tricks on kicking your brain into a hurry the fuck up mode um it's just keep it just keep going it's 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 it the problem with hurry up mode i think is the goal i mean it's important to have deadlines because that can you know get you get you motivated but uh you only need to hurry up based on uh uh uh, uh an expectation that you have so so you know focus on the quickness part and not uh the pressure of being quick for some reason you know um, i like that yeah like and, you said like timer beats is a nice arbitrary way to speed yourself yeah, up it's exactly. like well the little timer on my phone says i have four minutes left and write this melody so yeah i better lay well, one down huh yeah it's the habit it's the habit of 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 moving quickly and then also like like i and many people have said uh the habit of you know you know, if, if you know, spending an hour on something and then being reluctant to let it go, like you just keep moving, just keep moving. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving. And so ripcord, let's see. Skipping around to jam. Yeah, that that like sound that you just cut through. I love that sound. And how it still hits your melody. Yeah, so I think that drum you know, a, like a, a lot of how I write is is that is like listening to the melodies in samples, uh, and like it's some you know it's usually something your brain is piecing together. But like, um, like if you if there's any kind of like uh, sample where like the like the like maybe like a rhythmic sample where the overtones sound like they're making a melody often i'll latch onto that kind of thing i'll be like oh okay yeah let's just let's just roll with that because it's like um you know how, how again how to, i don't want to like always reference the dojo but it's useful in this hey concept. we're on dojo tv right. it's all good. um uh, 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 figure versus ground and grouping things together or as dylan says figure 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 and uh, ground. figure and ground and and uh uh you know so so like the let the fewer strands your brain has to pay attention to the better when it's like the soloist in the band and when you have a weird like so therefore any links that you can make in any context in any context mixing composition whatever 
um, reduces the number of things because they things group together that way. And so if I'm like latching on to like hidden melodies that I'm like interpolating within samples that already exist, that's one more link, one more flattening down of layers. And, and uh, so, yeah, that, and like, that's actually, so Megabyte kind of worked like that too, um, rhythmically, not melodically. I, I think I had messed something up, like, um, you know, was doing sound design or like running things through things. And I think I, um, so the, there's a rhythmic figure that's messed up. And this is where I, this is where, you know, this is where I feel proud of being like danceable, but pushing an envelope where um, the, the rhythmic figure, it like changes uh, 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 how, how many beats are happening per, per beat, uh, how many, you know, things are happening internally. So just listen real quick. That's some funky swing right there. Thanks. And it's because it's because I think let's see, where's the sample that I think so the first the first sample, I, I must have put it through sampler or not granulator, but something where where I think what I did is I played it through sampler and did a pitch down. And the rhythm that automatically came out of that made really interesting like polyrhythmic sense to me i think it was in the the, the first drop figure so yeah. yeah it's that froggy thing where it goes and and i leaned into the melody of it but i leaned into like the like rhythm change of it where it's like fours and then sort of like a triplet and then sort of like grinds to a halt with that pitch down and like i there's you don't hear the pitch down i just used that as the as the scaffolding for it but um i thought that was so interesting so i just ran with it as the as the the re repetitive beat of the entire thing and it's i don't it's really cool to me it was really cool to me how something so sort of like not academic but like sort of like uh abstract rhythmically still felt really groovy and i was like well that's what i'm making this song for and it yeah did. yeah absolutely i like that that you took you know what's ultimately a happy accident and yeah. then just rolled with it like oh yeah. that's a fun groove for sure in a happy in accident. A synth let me put that in drums for sure and then happy. now you've got a foundation no doubt happy accidents um i produced for many years i think before i latched on to happy accidents because you know, there would always be happy accidents, but I would always be like, okay, that's really cool. I mean, that's really cool, but I, re but I really want to get the thing that I was thinking about. And, um, I think I felt sort of like, uh, I don't know about insecure, but, um, inadequate maybe that I couldn't, uh, quickly make whatever was in my head. Now, many years later, I realized that's actually just actually hard. It's really hard to to hear a sound in your head and magically get to it really quickly. Um, so certain things you can that you're like used to making, I guess. And there's mm -hmm. certain certain like prototypical sounds that you know, like the Hoover's and Reese's and and you know, purple bases and stuff, where you just like know the starting point of those things. But like, um, you know, uh, all those years I spent beating myself up for not being good enough of a producer to like just plop out whatever was in my imagination, um, you know, I would have been better suited towards running with the happy accidents. So many years Amen. later, I mean, if there's, there's a lot of things I 
would be happy to talk about that, like define how I write music. The thing, the part, the one that I'm most enthusiastic about for the last bunch of years is happy accidents. I think happy accidents are the dopest because you, you didn't think of them and nobody else did either. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're doper than anything you would have come up with intentionally, or maybe not doper, but like they're more rare. It's a they're more a rare gift from the universe. It is. Yeah. I mean, you're still using your skill and taste to identify what the cool things are. You know, you are still being a producer. And so it's not like you're like checked out and just being handed like something from the universe necessarily. Um, I mean, I like to think of think of it like that too, but um it's, not like, it's not like it's not like you have no role in uh active role in in being a composer in those moments, but it's like happy accidents you couldn't have even done intentionally. Like if you had had that sound in your head, if you woke up and you're like, whoa, I've got this really cool idea and tried to make it, you would never make it in a million years. And that's why I think they're awesome. Just yeah. grab it. And also it keeps you speedy. It keeps you from slowing down. It keeps you from what I said, slowing down. And the good example is what I just said of, I'm I'm gonna not pay attention to this really cool idea in, in service of trying to make the original cool idea. What I thought um, I was supposed to do. Right, and it's not like your original idea is bad. It's probably great, it's probably fantastic. Um, I'd rather not uh, ignore making this awesome song that's right in front of my face and like a nice bow. Uh, I'd rather just bang out that song than like chase this sound for another six hours and never get it. You know what I mean? Amen. So it keeps you moving, keeps you moving, keeps you moving. And like we, I talked about being precious about things you've made. You kind of have to not be precious about things you haven't made too you know, even if they feel awesome and like sing it into your, sing it into your phone. Like I was always already a really big fan of, um, capturing the, the, the artistic breadth, like the, the inspire, the quote, the seed inspiration of something. And I think it's really hard to do that without singing and beatboxing. Like I'll, I'll always, I'm like drilling into my students. You have to be singing and beatboxing your ideas. And like, Yes. If you just like write down the notes on a staff paper or like, not that I do that, but like if you did something like more concrete, um, but not performance related, you're not going to remember why that idea was cool anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my point is you don't have to let that original seed idea go. You just got to sing into the thing. And I was always a big fan of that, but I can't deny uh, I got more serious about it after watching the um, Timbaland masterclass. Mm -hmm. which I'm sure a lot of us have seen by now where, where uh, uh, to see how closely his finished products resembled his original sketches was, was really impressive. And, and like, so you got to capture the, ver the, the vibe through your own singing. Don't care if you're a good singer or not. Don't even worry about it. Um, and then, you know, if you're bored and have no ideas, go ahead and spend six hours trying to recreate the thing you sang into your voice recorder. But like, I, I, I think it's a much better plan and a much more rewarding plan to chase the happy, happy accident first and leave the thing that you came up in your head on the back burner because you have a record of it. Fine, and you're not you didn't you didn't get the sound already because you hit the happy happy accident first. So put it in the phone, chase the happy accident, flesh it out, do the thing. So this is an interesting point, and um, it, it, it makes me think of something I heard Mr. Bill say in one of his uh -huh. videos a long time ago, where he's like, 
yeah, I'm not even that great of an artist. I just know my tools and know how they generate audio. And then I just use my taste to sift through. And so when you said chase the happy accidents, I'm curious, do you go into the session feeling like, all right, let's find that happy accident? Or do you feel like, okay, yeah, so you go through the motions, you try and get your idea out. But if you find the happy accident, then you switch paths and go. Or incorporate it into what I'm doing. You know, make that a feature or the feature of the thing I'm already making. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the, the main point for people here is, don't necessarily chase the happy accidents, but when you, they come, recognize yeah, them and take them. Definitely. Because I think if you, if you start, yeah, follow the white rabbit. Because like if you mm-hmm. if you set out to do happy accidents, it's just the same as setting out to get a sound that's in your head, basically. And like you can sure, do yeah. sound design and come up with happy. Like you can intentionally say, I'm going to do sound design and come up with happy accidents, Um, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I've definitely started whole songs off. I'm just going to do some mud pies. And then that yeah, one sure, cool sure, thing, sure, like, sure, oh, sure. this is the entire basis for the whole song. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of my weird rhythmic thing. Exactly. Like a lot of my ideas, I just wake up in the middle of the night with a cool idea in my head. And am I lucky for that? I guess. I mean, I'm just like, I, you know, it's like when you play a video game so much that you're like dreaming in the video game. <laughs> I had to uh, stop because of that. <laughs> I, so did I. Uh, but I think the same thing happens with anything we do. So I think the same thing happens with producing. And if you're in the habit of producing, you know, then, or in any creative pursuit, um, your brain is inclined to think of ideas in that direction. And so when I'm, when the gears are, are all turning daily, um, you know, I melodies pop, and rhythms pop into my head. And often when I'm like at a show, I get inspiration. Like that's one of the cool things about living in my neighborhood is that there's like, I'm close to a lot of clubs and if I'm in a club and I'm like vibing and I have a bunch of ideas and I have done this on many occasions, I'm just like, peace. And I go, right. It's like one in the morning. I'm like, go home. I had a drink or two. I'm like, I love you guys. This is a great party. I got to go right. Bye. <laughs> and I do, I do that a bunch. And, uh, yeah. And then like, I get a lot of my ideas from, I, I definitely think you, well, I, I think for me, I have to get caught up with an idea. Like I have to feel some sort of inspiration. I have to get caught up thinking something's really cool. And there are many roads to that. Um, mm. And I've described a couple. And then uh, a lot of my ideas, I think, come from playing with new toys. You know, playing, like getting a, getting a plug in or getting a new library and just like futzing around and tripping over a happy accident by playing with new toys. Yeah. Give yourself something unexpected. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just like if, if I sit down, if I, if, <laughs> if I'm like, oh, it's time to go to bed, but I really got to like, mm. I want to check out this thing I just bought. I'm asking for trouble because like, I mean, pretty much always, almost always when I play with a new toy, I get an idea. So if I don't want to stay up until 10 a.m., I should not play with that new toy until tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, yep, I, I feel, feel you. That. <laughs> I feel you. I'm like you're bound to like any. Yeah, but you're bound. Like I'm bound to. If if there if I get a new phaser and stumble on a super sick preset, I'm gonna make a song. You know, mm-hmm. if a break sounds like amazing through this new chorus, I'm gonna make a song about it. <laughs> if 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 I'm um, I just I have my friends who say, I yeah jokingly i'm not supporting drugs i'm not talking about that but my friends if i have friends at festivals they're like 
if you had to have like a problem or you're talking about some situation, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, uh, why don't you do, why don't you do coke about it? <laughs> so I always say, yes, do so, I always say do something about it. It's so like, so I might write, write a song about it, not like based on that topic, but like, oh, I'm going to write a song about that. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. And if, you know, same with the sample library or, or an orchestral library or like, um, for me, oh my God, like God forbid, like a, like a global music library, like in 10 minutes of like futzing through patches, I'll find something I want to make a song about. So. <clears throat> Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good piece of advice too, for the people that are struggling with motivation in a writer's block and stuff. It's like, like, I really like this point of happy accidents you keep coming back to because yeah, you're 10,000% right. And all of my, for example, sound design questions were answered when I realized that like, oh, all these people I look up to aren't aware that they're going to be making this sound when they start per se, or like all of these cool, crazy variations might've just been a mud pie that they accidentally made and went back to later. And I like, um, I like what you said there. Cause I definitely relate with, you know, if you start something late, you try that new plugin or whatever, like goodbye sleep for that night. You're going to be, <laughs> or, or, the, or what's the worst heartbreak is you're going to have a great idea and then go to bed and not do it. You know what I mean? And <laughs> maybe you'll catch that inspiration when you wake up, but you know, that initial breath of why you felt so hype about it might not be there mm -hmm. tomorrow. So yeah, it's hard to get it. it's hard to get that back. I try and finish songs to a draft in a session these days. Yeah. It's like yeah. if at Amen. all possible. Yeah. Amen. And it's it's rare if I don't if I don't get it to like a rough, rough draft, it's rare that I take that song to completion. I do yeah. sometimes, but it's it's much um, less often. Unless I dust it off two years later when I'm randomly digging through old folders. Sure. I'm like, oh hey, this thing. Yeah. It's not sure, going to be that's, two months later, probably. But that's like a different experience. You know what I mean? You have you have fully disconnected from that's that. That's basically song at crate that point. digging at that point. Yeah, you're crate digging, which is a great way to do it too. That's why you just hedge your bets in all directions. You know, keep all your sketches, bounce, bounce all your sketches. Don't leave them in Ableton. Bounce all your sketches, mm. even the dumbest, like short melody. Bounce them all, put them in a folder. Bounce them all, put them in a folder. You will never be able to scan through them, waiting three minutes for each project to open or in like messing up your most is anybody as you're gonna return as, to it or uh, uh uh paranoid about their recent projects list in ableton as i am paranoid people, in sense. people people don't seem to get bent out of shape about it but like if something rolls off the bottom of like whatever 20 is in there like <laughs> oh man i get real freaked out so, <laughs> you know so forever well, yeah, no, I'm like worried that I'll forget about it forever if it's something like a current thing I'm working on. So, you know, then if you're like trying to flip through old sketches and things are rolling off that list, that freaks me out. Just have them in a folder. And if you're, you know, if you throw them in a, in a, in a playlist or whatever, if you're on Mac, just, you know, press space bar, listen through them in Finder and down, click, click, down, click, click, down, click, click, down, click, click through it, you know, and mark the ones that are badass and you should come back to you someday. Amen. Yeah. Great actionable advice for everybody. Yeah, that's actually such a good point. Up. I have one of my things I've been doing over quarantine is just write like a guitar riff or a chorus or whatever a day. And I have Bouncing so ball. many, and I like went to like play through them the other day. And it's just like, oh, this has got a load, this has got a load, this has got a load. 
No, it's 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 it's, it's the, the as much of a creativity killer as yeah. humanly possible to wait for projects to load. I mean, you can put them in your Ableton library too, in like a in a drop down or something. I still think you should have a, a actual audio bounce in Especially a folder. Especially if it's just a sketch, because you like touched. you need like it's, yeah. it, the purpose of having that sketch is to p potentially return to it, right? Or maybe never. But if if your list sure. of twenty sketches prevents you from getting through eighteen of those, because you're like, oh, I'll check this right. one and this one. Nah, this folder's garbage. Right. Like, that's against the point. Exactly. Like, I love what you said. Exactly. There. Yeah. The point. The point is not whether you come back to them or not. The point is how quickly you can. Like, how much? How 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 quickly can you blaze through them to see? Just as the DJ thing. Like, how fast can you get to the banger? How fast can you get to the best choice? And it's going to be different from day to day. All the more reason to be able to flip through them quickly. It's you're, in two years, you're going to have a different perspective on which ones are cool or not. All the more reason to flip through them quickly and not try to remember if you even have that folder on your hard drive anymore. You know. Amen. Amen. You know? Do, do all that you can to up your ability to yeah. be efficient. Definitely, or just just stack all the cards in your favor in every direction, and that's mm -hmm. one really important one. And like my brain. Uh, as I think is probably pretty universal, my brain um, processes an MP3 experiences an MP3 differently than listening to the audio through Ableton. Not sonically, obviously, just psych just psychologically. You know, yeah. like like my critic brain turns on when I'm listening to an MP3 instead of my like my artistic ego or. Um, listening in to a song in Serato, I I will not put a song out without like looking at it and listening to it in Serato multiple bounces, because like my DJ brain is trained, it has muscle memory to do different kinds of things to, to like to know what works in a crowd setting and to know what um, uh, good production looks like on the colored waveform. And, That's and, real. You know what I mean. <laughs> and so yeah. like. You know, use use what you got. Use your skills that you already have. And I feel like, uh, you know, listening to this exact same audio in different formats and more accessible formats. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's just really important. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. We had just a couple more quick questions in the chat. I wanted to make sure we didn't let fall through the cracks. Bunny asked, are you attending slash speaking at SIGGRAPH? I don't know what that is. Do you? I do not. All right. It is That's a, a no. Should I? Animation, uh, oh, oh, VR conference. Um, my friend is the one who hooked me up. I One of my projects, one of my VR, the, the one that we're going to take to festivals, uh, to conferences, uh, I can try to look it up real quick. The one, the the one we're going to take to conferences it was a collaboration where, like, I did a lot of the heavy lifting, but it was a collaboration with someone who's very, very talented, Andy Fidel, who um, is connected to to conferences, and uh, she set up all the stuff. Um, I'd have to search through to find the names of them. I thought one no was a bell, but yeah. No worries. Um, and then the last one, way throwback from like an hour ago, Goostronics uh -huh. asked, so how many songs are in your, you know, only one DJ set list? <laughs> your your one master list to roll oh, them let's all. take a look. I was curious about that too. Sure. Didn't want to it break is... the conversation for it, but, okay. but we're getting as, back to it. As of today, let's see, I'm going to drag the new acquisitions over into the main playlist. 
Um, I mean, I think it's over 8,000. Over 8,000. <laughs> and these are songs. These are songs. These are songs. It's not just like, oh, I bought this and maybe it'll work. It's things that I have like labored over whether it's going to go in this or not. You know, it's like, am I really going to, like, am I going to devote my, am I, am I going to marry myself to this song? Like, it's that serious. It's 8,000 uh, 80, hell yeses. 80, it's 8,000 hell yeses. It's all killer, no filler. And it's, uh, Eighty-four seventy-three. Woo! Yeah. It's yeah. It's quite the full. It looks like twenty-four straight days of music without stopping. Yeah. All right, I'm down for that festival. <laughs> Especially after being cooped up in the house a year. If Just I could stay awake for twenty-four festival. days, if I could stay awake for twenty-four days, I would attempt a twenty-four Just day DJ. Little... Well, why don't you do some coke about it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. You you nailed it. We have the YouTube uh, podcast. Do not do a little. Yeah, cue the disclaimer. Oh, if I ever heard one, yeah, but, <laughs> tell the people uh -huh. where they can find you and your music and and what to keep up with you in the in the coming days. Great. I am at everything slash Alexandra. I have top SEO. Uh, it's two uh, two L's, two, two L's, X's, right? two X's, I L L E X X A N D R A. Twitter, Twitch. I mean, I don't know why I started with Twitter. I don't even barely even use Twitter, but uh, Instagram, Twitch. Uh, you know everything. SoundCloud, all Mixcloud, places. all the places. Definitely follow Alexander. Remember, two Woo! L's, two X's, starting with that. Ill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it, do you have to end? I would keep talking. <laughs> I mean, you know, just, I got some lessons coming no, up and cool. such, no, 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 but I'm uh, just messing. I'm just messing. Yeah, we'll definitely two, have you back for part two. There's Word. a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. I had like on the side just in case we slowed down conversation, which it never did. So oh, we yeah. got plenty of stuff we could ask you yeah, next word. time. Yeah, and I barely talked about like my musical influences or like, I mean, like uh, even just in terms of recent stuff or like what kind of the styles I'm making and stuff. So yeah exactly I, right i literally i had a list of like at least five pre-prepared questions i didn't get to any of them so yeah well same i think we're gonna inevitable yeah sick. we're gonna have to sick, 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 sick. all right well hey, thank you very much thank You're you welcome. for being here alexandra thanks the dojo tv chat for being here give you a peace and a peace among worlds <laughs> i like it Thank you humans so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Please smash that subscribe button. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Put a five-star review on this bad boy right here because that'll help us get to more producers just like you who are looking for some awesome producer content. Now, make sure you hit those links down below. Support the podcast by supporting our sponsors. First up, Dojo TV from the Producer Dojo, where you can get free live stream classes from the Producer Dojo senseis. The Dojo Max membership, where you can step it up with monthly private lessons, unlimited track feedback, and the weekly download archive from Ill Gates. That's over like 220 classes from Ill Gates himself. It's the best value the Producer Dojo has to offer. Guest practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. The best engineer we know gives you your first class for free. Jump in there. Finally, Gangaroo Records Music Distribution, where you can get unlimited uploads for under $10. All those links 
are right down below, or you can get to them at thehumanmusicpodcast.com. Follow the podcast at The Human Music Podcast everywhere, but Twitter where it's at Human Music Pod. All right. Thank y'all. Peace out and peace among worlds, y'all.